Hello, everybody, and welcome to NGF News. Welcome to our topic of the week. This is going to be a pretty interesting one because we have discussed this in prior episodes before. So this, not not exactly this, but discussed kind of the prospect of this, and it's EU looking to ECLAC seeking to turn away from Russia and China dependency. I think this one was a great topic. Alex chose this one. And we we discussed it before. If you listen to our first episode how about China's next chess move, Latin America, we discussed how the U.S. and Europe should seek to invest in them. In one of the episodes, we talked about the cartels. Now the EU is looking to do so with a big $45 billion of investment in Latin America and the Caribbean. So this should be very interesting. They definitely listened to our episode, and I finally think they took our advice. I fully <laughs> trademark this um, this $45 billion investment. This was our idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we discussed this in two episodes. It was one of our very first beginning episodes, and then one discussing how um, in our one of our other topic of the weeks, which was um, how – I think it was how cartels – in their development in um, in Latin America. And then we discussed yeah. about more EU and U.S. involvement into Latin America because of the fear of China spreading their Belt and Road Initiative right at our doorsteps. But the European Union, like Josh said, announced 45 billion euros toward the Latin American area. And this package includes things like uh, developing clean energy projects, uh, critical miner- uh, minerals extraction, um, electrification of bus fleets, and um, Amazon rainforest protection in Brazil, and a bunch more in that package. Uh, we have been saying this for the longest time, that the, the EU and the U.S. need to outbid China and get those minerals out and invest in Latin America. Because the only way to fix the cartel problems, the economic problems, is to direct investment with a re- promise uh, on a return on investment for Latin America, which is what they're getting. They're getting infrastructure. They're getting clean energy within. They're getting clean energy products into Latin America in return for critical minerals um, and electrification of most of their of the Latin American grid. Um, so this is this is exactly what he, we've been saying. And the EU wants to achieve these climate goals, and they're dedicated. They seem dedicated in, from what I've read, um, and I hope they're going to, to continue to be dedicated because I think Brazil, the president of Brazil said, like, if they're not dedicated, then we'll just look elsewhere. I don't know the exact article he said, such a strong statement, but I mean, yeah. he's got a good point. Like, it's a great point. It's a great point. And I think he, I think, um, what's his, pre- uh, Luis de Silva, that's what's his president. That's the name of yeah. the president. Lula. Silva makes a good point. He needs to to kind of step in and say, "Listen, we're tired of China. We're tired of all these geopolitics. We want investment. We want to be part of the of the world. We want to be global. We want to be a part of the de- uh, the developing world." And I think with this package, it's it's what need what it what they needed. Yeah, I agree. Brazil and a lot of Latin America have always been critical of the West. And the U.S. in particular has been, and early on, if you know the Bush administration, they had been very active within Latin America. But since then, 
And since Obama, they have not really been active under the Obama administration, under the Trump administration, under the Biden administration. They just aren't really active in within the the European, not the European, uh, the Latin America and Central America and South America. And also the EU has I always criticize the EU for being kind of closed off and not open to anyone else outside of Europe. And the Dutch prime minister, he even said that you, the Europeans have been arrogant and not tending to others' needs over the past few years in creating and establishing new relationships. So this is massive, massive support because 45 billion euros is not a small figure. That's a lot of money. And to go to things like green energy, to go to things like infrastructure. Hopefully, it'll go to things also to help with financial districts and stuff like that, creating new jobs for manufacturers, food insecurities, yada, yada, yada. Hopefully, that's all a part of it because it, it, this, this is a big meeting, by the way. Over 50 leaders from representatives of all of Latin America, the Caribbean, and Europe have, were in Brussels on Monday. So this was a big meeting, not just something that the Europe was pledging. It was something that they were telling. They were there. They got to see it. And so this is really good. EU has always been one of the biggest investors in Latin America, which I also did not know that. Uh, China is the second. And they see this as more of a rival to the China's Belt and Road Initiative. And I think Lula, the Brazilian president, the Argentinian president, and all the other Latin American countries should be excited by this news. And they should want to try to establish a relationship. But there are some hiccups. So, to get to those hiccups, the communique clash has, over this document, has discussed, uh, has clashed over the condemnation of the war in Ukraine, a recent UN resolution to withdraw troops from uh, Ukraine, was voted against by Nicaragua, and Bolivia, Cuba, and El Salvador abstained. That's one of the biggest talking points um, within this, this document being completed. So that's that'll be an interesting wrench. I really hope that that won't. I mean, it hasn't served as a wrench so far. I mean, the forty-five billion is still going to Latin yes. America, but I hope it won't be a wrench for things that come for the future of EU um, and ECLAC. I'm gonna I'm gonna say ECLAC relations, EU ECLAC relations. Yeah. Um. I I really hope because what they have here is they have a perfect kind of transition from eu relying from russia china to to now form a partnership with eclac and i really don't want anything to hurt this and i think they need to be very careful with how they approach these latin american countries and their perspectives on the russia ukraine war and other perspectives on other um global issues so i i think the eu just really needs to tread lightly and not lose out on this opportunity or or not have to have a reason to withdraw 45 billions of investment. And I hope, yeah. and another thing I hope for this is, is speed. I hope it's quick, right? It, that the oh, money yeah. goes and there's no red tape and say, he, here's 1 billion for this. Here's a billion for that. Get started. That's yeah. what I'm hoping is what they're going to do with this. I hope it's not a big, I don't think the EU will kind of use it as a debt uh, as a debt game the way China uses their money in Latin America. Oh yeah, the EU will build not. quality products. They will build quality infrastructure compared to Chinese infrastructure. I mean, anything is really better than Chinese infrastructure abroad. Uh, 
I mean, look at all the, the buildings, some of the buildings that China builds in Africa, it crumbles. The train systems in Zambia. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're not very good. And this is, yeah, like you said, I, they're, they're definitely a better alternative and, and just as the United States would be. Um, the EU is pressing ahead with a lot of trade agreements. They have pressing ahead with one with Chile there or Chile. They're, uh, pressing ahead, trying to unlock a deal with Mexico and also Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay over the Mer- Mercosur block, or with the Mercosur block, which includes all those countries. And they, these are all trade deals that they had broken through in earlier times that are trying to actually build the blocks for to get them on their feet. So that's good news. Here, here, here's let's look at the geopolitical stance of this now because you you were bringing up how the eu has the benefits that are the better alternative to china and what the united states i think needs to do now is jump immediately jump on this and say hey how about we be a (laughs) co-sponsorship you know something like that here's another couple billion yeah if the u.s jumps on it now you have germany now you have france now you have the United States. Then, who says Canada won't jump into the mix? Who says that the United Kingdom won't jump into the mix? And then all of a sudden, you have these large countries with lots of capital that are going to create a new relationship with South America, with ACLAC in general. So I think the U.S. needs to jump on it immediately, immediately, and, and I think be co-signer. Station at the European Parliament first. Yeah. They should have. I think this is this was a big economic opportunity for the United States to join in and say, "Listen, well, you're our you're our neighbor, and we understand that we haven't had much time to, well, we haven't had much investment in the region, and here's what we want to pledge you along with the EU." I think the U.S. name should have been on there and a couple, one or two billion. And people are saying, "Well, where where are we going to find these one or two billion? I mean, we're sending Ukraine billions of dollars." So clearly the United States has money in somewhere. And this is a, and it's not, how do I say this? It's going to be a return on investment for the United States regardless, because we're getting access to minerals, uh, really important uh, material minerals. We're getting, we're rebuilding any strained part uh, relationships that we have in our own neighborhood. It's, it's a win-win for the United States. Yeah. And I, I don't they think look at it. not late. It's there's still time to do it, or were the United States? I think the the United States, Canada, and Mexico, USMCA, all together, says, "All right, I know we're only a free trade agreement, but here's what we can do jointly, and invest in Latin America as well." Now you have a USMCA with an EU kind of partnership, and I know the USMCA is not like a EU type level; it's just a free trade agreement. But this region is what I'm saying should step in as well yeah i agree and that would be uh it it would create exponential return on investment if the u.s if mexico if canada joins in on this this deal And, and and i think it would be important as well if the u.s can be a signer on this deal because it'll it'll just show that we don't need the rest of the world. We don't need China. We don't need Russia. We can look somewhere else. And I think Russia and China will see that as a oh crap moment and be like, okay, we need to start reinnovating or we need to become friendly. We need to you know do something. 
So that'll be important. There's a couple of more little hiccups that are going to that are in this language. One other thing is Brazilian president he has repeated his criticism of the West for giving arms to Ukraine and said that the the resources should be provided elsewhere. Another one is saying that the race for weapons makes tackling climate change even more difficult. So they're very upset with that they can't tackle climate change. One of the things that Lula is trying to uh, help in Brazil. And another one is Prime Minister of St. Vincent and Grenadine. Uh, He's the current ECLAC president. He said there's hopefully language in this communique that will discuss the historical legacies of native genocide and enslavement in African bodies and something towards a reparatory justice. And I know for a fact that the EU is probably going to, they, they might have some language on that part, on the first half, but their reparatory justice, that's not going to happen. So those are three major hiccups right there that could potentially stop trade altogether. I think what the EU should pledge immediately for the third point you made, which was reparations, is just direct investment again into the African yeah. region. There was, there's this big, or what they should do is there's this thing in the African Union where they're trying to work out an entire, I don't know if it's been done yet, but it's an entirety of the African Union visa free. So all people within oh, the African cool. Union can move freely. I'm not sure it's been done yet. I read it, I saw a headline on my phone notification about something about that, but I did not see it and I did not read it and I couldn't find that article. But what the EU should do is that they should be the ones to kind of help the African Union solve this issue to serve as a reparation. This is one example of what the EU can do in Africa. They can provide direct foreign investment in the way that they did in the ECLAC region. They can, which is still a return on investment for them because it's it's going to be the same thing where it's they're getting direct minerals and they're also building up critical infrastructure in return. So. They build infrastructure and they get materials in return and yeah. they beat China because it's more quality. I mean, yeah. anything is really better than Chinese quality. Um, At this point. <laughs> I think that's, that's two ways that they could do it. But I really do believe that EU should look into this kind of visa free Africa thing and help, yeah. help them kind of not be the ones to lead the ones to lead Africa but they should be the ones on the side saying, here's our model. Here's what we can do for you. Yeah. And, and you know, as an investment, I mean, that's going to be technically like a reparation because they're going to be creating hopefully a booming and developing economy that's going to grow over the next couple of years, you know, the next 20, 30 years. So that part should just be like, hey, we're giving you $45 billion. And, you know... The historical legacies of native genocide. I think they should all obviously discuss that. That that's it's going to be important to them. Um, so it's something that the, Europe has to just embrace. But the first part where they're giving weapons to the to Ukraine that I discussed, that I think is going to be a very big wrench because obviously we're not going to stop giving weapons to Ukraine because the West and all of Europe believes that the war was not good, was not, should have been condemned. Russia should not have done it. So we're going to help Ukraine out in any way we can. 
but they don't see it like that Brazil they see it as like it's affecting priorities and, and, and resources that it should be put elsewhere so I wonder I think this is just a BRICS version of Brazil because with this <laughs> amount of money with this yeah. amount of money I would I would have kept quiet my 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 country if I were if I was the prime minister if I was the president of Brazil at the moment, I would not make such statement. I would welcome the money first, and then I would have a discussion about the weapons being sent to Ukraine. But I would go with the perspective of, okay, you guys are sending weapons to Ukraine. We're a part of BRICS. Let us be the one to kind of be the bridge between the Russia, Russia and the West. I think that that with with that mentality, because they're getting forty five billion, the entire Eclac region, the least Brazil can do is not is not say it is not say something about it and serve as the middleman yeah. for these for the for the two regions, in my opinion. Well, but Brazil does yeah. not want to see it that way because they are part of BRICS. It's fascinating, Lula, how how contrasting he is from Bolsonaro. You know, how, or, how, they're so different. Bolsonaro is definitely a far-right guy. Lula, he's a little bit more moderate, but still left. And yet, he's still in bricks. And I think that boggles my mind a little bit. Um, Not to get too off-topic, because it it really isn't off-topic, because what he's saying is what Bricks would say is what someone of Bricks would say, which what China would say is what South Africa would say. And it's hindering what could be the largest investment in a long time by Europe, by anybody in Latin America? And like you said, if I were him, I would just shut up, take the $45 billion because EU officials say they want a clear con- condemnation of Russia. But if the Brazilian president just keeps his mouth shut and lets the current president of ECLAC say we condemn, you know, it's not him saying it. <laughs> it's not him saying it at all. So he can't, Bricks can't get mad at him, and then you can't get mad at him. So it it's fascinating. It 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 really He's shouldn't been. be as difficult as it is for Brazil. I I don't know why he's taking. I would from from this position, I would be neutral. Yeah. I wouldn't even like you said, just say nothing and just remain neutral on. But but then you have the con- Brazil's worried about Russia and China because they are in BRICS. Yeah, they they might they fear that they're going to lose out on like a possibility of what BRICS can be with this forty five billion dollar investment, and that's why they're still being open about what uh, they're openly discussing their their thoughts on providing weapons to you, to Ukraine because they want they do want the EU money. But they also want to have the security in BRICS to know, to have that feeling of security saying, okay, BRICS can be something. I don't want to lose my spot in BRICS because I'll, I'm taking this money. I think BRICS wants, a, I think Brazil wants a mix of both. Yeah. And I think I that's why they want, they're, they're being greedy, but in a good way for themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're they're definitely looking out for their interest. Lula especially is definitely looking out. So, 
we'll see what that goes. The next one that, that I think was really interesting is that ECLAC partners generally want the economic benefits of processing and producing lithium batteries or electric vehicles rather than smaller returns of shipping minerals to be processed elsewhere. So basically, they want to be the people that process the lithium batteries and make electric cars. And in, in the ECLAC region? Yeah, in the ECLAC region. That's I a, think that's a fantastic idea. It's a great idea. It's I think it's what they should be doing because uh, there's a lot of articles I've been reading lately that says that um, Latin America and South America is going to be the next place to get lithium. There's lithium mines out the wazoo there that can cre- help produce the electric cars that we need to at the rate that we need to. But is the EU going to allow them to take the processing and producing benefits rather than the shipping benefits? Because that that's not in the EU's favor there. And I think that the EU should just, I think they should just ignore it because they have enough lithium of their own if they mined it themselves in their country. They should just use the money and serve as like the outsourcer. They're, they're, yeah. they're using money for outsourcing anyway. So why would it matter to the EU who's mining and who's producing and who's what? At the end of the day, they're still getting the lithium. Let them process it. At the end of the day, this, the lithium is still going into EU ports for them to build cheaply they're still getting cheap lithium it might cost but it's still they'll still have enough for a return on investment so i'm not sure why the eu is concerned about this if they want the lithium if if eclac region wants to process to mine and process the lithium let them and i think that that would really add to the the that would put the eclac in a much bigger position in the international stage as well so yeah I'm not entirely sure. I think the EU is just concerned about. I think the EU is just being a little too greedy. I, agree. I mean, it's money, which it, it makes sense, and they want to protect their their investment. But I think they're being too over worried because of uh, Brazil and BRICS. Yeah, and I think worried. that that's for the EU. Yeah, they're worried about competition because they have a lot of lithium. And if they're able to successfully create the technology and implement it there to process the batteries and make electric cars, they create enough manufacturing plants and everything like that, they could be a force to be reckoned with. But all again, all EU needs to do to to offset this cost is mine for their own lithium in their countries, like in Norway. You know, they they have a huge supply of lithium, but they're not going to do that because it. It hurts climate change, but they're more than willing to, you know, hurt climate change elsewhere. So I, I think that they, <laughs> that's yeah, that's so that's like the most like just truest statement ever. They're oh, not worried yeah, about right. climate change within EU borders, but they're worried, they're not worried about it elsewhere. Yeah. That's hilarious. So I think they should just shut up about it and let. Eclac do what they want to do, help them process, produce their batteries to create electric cars like everyone wants. I mean, not only do electric cars, well, there's debate whether it helps the environment, but let's say that they do. They're also in big, they're, they're, they're a big fad right now. It could not be a fad. It could be something that we have in the future that everybody wants. Everyone wants an electric car right now. So just, I would say just, if I were the EU, I would just let them do it because if you're going to be smart, about it you're going to get a lot more benefits if you invest in them than if you don't so 
Well, the investment then becomes into a grant, and then the EU kind of loses out most of what the money they could be making. And I agree, let let ECLAC do what they want to do, but to a certain extent, because it's still their money at the end of the day. I think what the yeah. EU should do is like is say like, listen, we'll give you this money. You could do whatever you want with it as long as you promise us something in return every, by the end of every year, which would be like I don't know, thirty percent of what you mine. Or forty or the or the finished product at a cheaper rate, whatever oil, it is, natural gas, whatever it is, as long as the EU gets a, a return on investment that exceeds their initial investment, and ECLAC gets their money to build, EU gets the return on investment. I think there just needs to be some more clear clear language here with what that investment entails and what that investment is going to look like. Yeah, I definitely agree. It, it should be they, there, there's got to be more transparency I think with the languages of these documents because it is going to be so vast there's going to be a lot of money involved so the language does have to be clear and yep. we'll see how it keeps going in the future but I don't know do you have anything else you want to add um, uh, I do um, in this so- investment that they're, they um, that the EU is doing what they should really do next is invest or create a program where they take the youth from uh, ECLAC region, have them study in the European Union, and then have those students then go back into the ECLAC region with all the knowledge they learn from things like engineering, right, or wh- whatever engineering, other uh, STEM, um, important STEM majors, whatever it is that they study, that they go back into ECLAC with the information and knowledge they know to now build businesses, to to become skilled workers, important for the extraction, important for the production, important for selling out, everything. So I think yeah. the youth, investing in the youth is important should they want to see a long-term return on investment. And we're talking about like a long-term, like 50 to 100-year investment it all stems from the youth which then the youth can then invest in their next generation with their knowledge that they learned and so on and so forth and and another thing that i want to see from this investment is agriculture stuff as well yeah and there should be a response from all the uh from the russia pulling out of the grain deal i think in this investment they should say something like listen we want to help build you grain farms here because the world needs it and you'd be a suitable location for it here's some money to do it sell it back to us and we'll sell it to the entire world for much cheaper i think this this is something that now like i can't go into the economics of it fully but there's kind of just like yeah. concepts is is what i'm talking about is is these two things yeah. i want to see i i 100 agree because one the great thing about knowledge sharing is that when the youth gets it they can help create and build the future and once there's bones then the future it just keeps going so i like the idea of having them study at universities which is another very good thing is why the united states should get involved because although europe does have some fantastic universities and i'm not so they have a lot of fantastic universities the united states does have the best universities in the world so I think if the U.S. gets involved in this aspect, that would be very important and also 
building and developing, but also agriculture. That's so important. It's it's the foundation of all of what South America's economy is, and having them come up with new ways that are climate sustainable and also just sustainable in general to develop, that will be important. So I, I agree with those those two points, the education, the knowledge sharing, and agriculture. That's the, that's going to be a big part of their future, financing and all that stuff. Because if you bring oh, yeah. up back a lot of like students that understand finance and business, there you go. Financial sector is open. It's there for somebody to take. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully we might see that. We might not. Maybe it's just focused on green tech and that kind of development. But hopefully we see some more agricultural development and youth development in, in this investment. But that's kind of all I have to add uh, on that. Yeah. If you have anything yeah, else, Josh. That's all I got, too. Cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you all for listening into this week's topic of the week. I hope you enjoyed this one because this was really, like, mind-blowing when I saw this headline. Like, yeah, for sure. Because we called it. <laughs> I'll never stop yeah. saying it. We did call it. We called it. They, they, we definitely called it. I would agree. Yep. So we'll see you all in the next episodes. All right. See ya.